Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Y'all are kind. It's good to be with you. How's it going? Good. Good. Awesome. God is up to something, huh? Hey, we really believe that God is, is moving. It's not just hype. I've just been, I've really been sensing it. Um, and I really believe that God is on the move. Yesterday, we were hanging out on the river, just uh, downriver from Don's fish camp. And uh, as we were hanging out with our families, this is my friend, new friend, Jake. Our, all of our kids are like the same age, which is really cool. And so we were hanging out and we just saw people floating by. And one guy, his shoulder got healed and he got to experience God's love just as he was floating by. And, and we just really believe that God's on the move. And it's when God moves, it's not just for some people, but there's an invitation for everybody. And so I just wanna invite you just to say, God, what are you doing in me, around me today as you go to work, as you're going to school, as you're going about life? And I believe that, we wanna, that, that God wants to move in our region and he's just looking for people to say yes. Amen. And so one of the things that's been on my heart, I feel like this is actually a really critical time. I think in our region, probably in our nation, but I know in our region where I feel like God has given me authority that it's, it's a time for us to pray and to partner for breakthrough. And so here's what I would ask of you, not this week, but next week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I'm asking that you would partner with us in prayer and fasting for breakthrough. And I believe that God is moving and I, I believe he's just waiting for his people to, to step into that. And so um, that'd be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that first week of May. And, um, and then we're gonna end that time actually with a citywide gathering um, and a night of prayer um, just before the National Day of Prayer. And so I would just encourage you uh, to consider um, taking some time to fast and pray. And um, really, it's not about begging God to move because he already wants to move, he already decided that. It's about us being um, aware to partner with him to move, amen? Awesome, so we've been in this series called Money and Mindsets, and probably what you've picked up, it's more about mindsets than it is about money. Some people, when they come to church, they're like, hey, why does the church talk about money? Why don't you just preach what Jesus preached? What you probably uh, would miss is actually what Jesus preached because 15% of what Jesus preached was actually about money. And he preached about money more than faith, healing, uh, the second coming all combined, okay? So we're actually talking about what Jesus is talking about. Here's why Jesus talked about money. Not because God needs your money. The reason why Jesus talked about money is because God wants your heart. And the reason why he talked about money is because money is something that we all can relate to, and it's actually a great picture of how we relate to God and what the God of our lives is. So I, I wanna talk to you about partnership with God this morning. And what I was going to call this, and I actually feel like God's just taken me in a different direction, was prosperity with a purpose. Now, some of you, as soon as a pastor starts talking about prosperity, you want to head out the doors because you're like, hey, that must be like abusive, like just God wants to make me rich kind of language. And, and I don't want to have anything to do with that. Let me propose to you that there could be two ditches that we live in. 
One is that, that there's a prosperity gospel, and I actually believe that the gospel has prosperity connected to it, right? But the overreaction in the church has actually been a poverty gospel. And, and that God just wants you broke and dependent on him. And, and I, I believe that there's truth that's in the middle, and it actually has nothing to do with our pocketbook, our bank account, our retirement fund, uh, our assets, any of that has everything to do with our, about our relationship with God. And God actually wants us not uh, to do anything on our own, but to actually be partnered with him. He's inviting us into a divine partnership. And for me, that, that's the joy of my life, is actually to get to partner with my Father in heaven. When I was uh, 12 years old, I had the opportunity to go on my first mission trip. And in order to go on this trip, we had to raise some money. So I had to raise $400, and people generously gave. My grandfather, who was a missionary, lived on faith, like never asked anybody for a penny his whole life, and actually has an inheritance that he leaves his kids. Crazy. But he said, Joel, I don't want to give you money. I want you to come over and rake some leaves. So I raked some leaves for my grandfather in that time. Um, and what happened is, as people generously sowed into my life, a 12-year-old boy, I encountered God, and God spoke to me that I want you to be involved in ministry and missions for the rest of your life. Because people gave. So fast forward, I'm uh, 19 years old, seeing God move at what was then Southwest Texas State University. And I, I feel this thing in my heart begin to rise. And uh, I had the opportunity to join a team to move to Wolverhampton, England, central England, to plant a church and live there for a few years, do school. And so as a 19-year-old, I, I was not independently wealthy. And so I raised some money and I had people generously sow into my life. What I also did during that time is I worked at a sporting goods store, which was a great opportunity to meet people, connect with people, but also to make money because I, I believe that it's crucial that we learn hard work. One of the things that, that sometimes the, the church does when it talks about living on mission and all that kind of stuff is, is we tend to avoid the conversation about hard work. And so during that time, I was um, going to school, planting a church, working at a sporting goods store and playing basketball for the university I was at. I was working really hard. Let me say this to you, if I could just jump onto a pet peeve that I have. It is right for us to work hard. Sometimes I encounter particularly young guys, maybe it's just the conversation I'm in, and they complain about having worked hard and being really exhausted at the end of the day. Let me just say to you, that is the plan of God for your life. If you have trouble with sleeping, it could be. Let me say that. I'm going to back up. And then I'm going to go there. Don't worry. Last week, Lauren prayed for some of you that were struggling with, with sleep. And she was getting messages all week about people getting good sleep that haven't had a, a good night of sleep in a long time. In fact, one young lady sent her a message and said, as soon as you, she was watching in the middle of the day on uh, 
on, online and she said, as soon as you prayed, like she was receptive and she said, I just fell asleep, like I couldn't stay awake, <laughs> right? But it could be, and, and this is, I think, particularly important for young men, that if you're not sleeping well at night, it could be because you're not working hard. And, and there is something that is godly about hard work. Not women, you're not exempt from that. But what I tend to see is men who think I can go and work a nine to five and come home and watch TV for the rest of the day because I did my part contributing to my family. That's not provision. Being a provider is not simply about putting money in the bank account and food on the table. Being a provider is about providing the life of God through you to your family and laying down your life for your family. You should be tired at the end of the day. That's why we need sleep. And so it's okay to work really hard and don't complain to me about working hard, okay? It's all right to work hard, all right? Thanks for letting me go there. And so during that time when I'm living in England, living on support but also working, and not just like living on handouts, like I'm actually doing the work of ministry, but people are pouring into me so that I can be freed up in some of my time to do that. So I, I met this really beautiful young lady on a trip back. We started talking and uh, or emailing. AOL Instant Messenger for those of you who are old school. And I'm like, hey, I kind of like you. I think we should spend some time together. Now here I am, like living on like just enough to... Like, I don't have a car, I don't have, I'm just like making it, right? Take the bus when I have extra money. And, uh, and but I, I just felt like prompted, not just out of young passion, but I felt permission from God uh, to, to invite Lauren to come visit. She stayed with some of the girls on our team and we, we went on like five days of dates. By the way, young man, I'm just gonna talk to you one more time this morning. <laughs> when you know that you are out of your league, go big. All right, so our, our first date was to London because I, I, I knew that, that I was way out of my league. Another thing, if you start losing your hair young, then like sell while the stock is high, right? Like I, I could see it going, so I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and make moves while I'm young. Um, and so I invite Lauren and a friend of mine sent me $1,000 just at that time. Just totally prompted, had no idea what was going on in my life. And so then I come back and I'm, I'm doing some ministry work here in, in Central Texas. And a generous businessman offers to pay a decent salary to me for two years out of his own pocket. That freed me up to live out God's call on my life. Phenomenal. Like, I, I, I want to be in that place one day, right? And so I stand here because my friend generously sowed into my life. So then I did ministry for a long time at Texas State, and then God really began to burden Lauren and I, our hearts, for this city and to plant a church in this city that would be a launching place to send people, to transform our city, but that he would make this church now, Sozo Church, a hub for the nations that we would get to see people launched to the nations. 
And so we, we stepped out of our roles and people, in fact, there's a guy here today that as soon as he heard that what we were doing, he handed me, he went into his truck, handed me a check for $1,000 and said, here, you need this. Meanwhile, Lauren was starting an interior design business and for probably a year and a half or two, it had been just creeping along, like really not, not much anything happening. And as soon as we said yes to God, her business blew up. And, in the, and, and at that time, I was working, still, I still do this some, as an advisor for a construction company. And all of a sudden, he doubled my pay. And it was like the provision of God that followed our yes to him. Why? Because God's looking for partners. He's looking for people that'll say yes to him, that'll partner with him. And God just began to move in our lives in that way. Recently, God has had Lauren and I in a shift where I believe this, that he's actually showing us how to build wealth, financial wealth, so that we can be a blessing to nations and generations. And I believe that that's what God wants for all of us. It's not just an us thing, but he's actually moving us from being in that place of of just receiving from others where now we can be a blessing to others. And sometimes we get stuck in that place where we just begin to depend on other people to give us money instead of depend on God for, for provision. And so we're doing business stuff. We love what we're doing in the church. We're gonna keep doing what we're doing in the church, but we're stepping into some other stuff because we believe that God is giving us uh, wisdom that will tap into sources of provision that will be a blessing both to nations, but also to generations. How many of you know that proverb that says a good man, not even a wise man, but a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And I believe that an inheritance is way bigger than money, but that God is teaching his people what it looks like to steward what he entrusts to us. And it's not about how much, we'll talk about that in just a minute, but it's about having the heart to steward what God entrusts to you so that you can be a blessing. And I believe that God has that for his people. And so God wants you to prosper. I'll talk about a definition of prosper in a minute so that it'll make sense to you. But I love what John prays. And I believe when John's praying, he's praying in the will of God, which is in 1 John 3, 2, it says this, I pray that in all respects, you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. It is the heart of God that you would prosper. Here is the key to that, is understanding what prosperity means. Prosperity is not about how much money you have in your bank account. It's about living in partnership with God. It's about having everything you need to do what God's called you to do. And God wants us to learn how to live in communion with him. Here's one of the things that I've seen in the church because I believe a lot of the evangelical church in America has jumped ship from a a prosperity gospel probably that had some abuses in it and gone into a poverty gospel. We have felt bad for having any bit of resource or income. 
and believe the lie that maybe God just wants us to be, to be broken poor and that's more spiritual. When you read the story of the Israelites and them moving out of Egypt, here's what you'll find. You'll find that there was a season where they were dependent on God to provide food today that they did not have yesterday. And then he moved them into a place of provision in the land flowing with milk and honey. We have a tendency to spiritualize the daily provision that had them in the wilderness and miss the amount of faith and spiritual favor it took for them to inherit the promised land, the land flowing with provision, the land flowing with milk and honey. And what I believe God wants for many of us is that we would stop just saying, hey, it's spiritual to be broke and have nothing, but it actually can be equally as spiritual to live in a land flowing with milk and honey. And I don't need to feel bad about it, but I actually need to understand that God wants to prosper me for a purpose. And I believe that when we stop resisting what God wants to do in his work in our lives and pouring out his grace in our lives, then we can find out what real partnership with him looks like. I love God's promise to Abraham, and it's actually a promise to you through Abraham. It's in Genesis 12, and he says that I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. When we begin to understand that, we understand that God wants to bless you. Say, God wants to bless me. Some of you don't really believe that. And, and, and you bring up objections like this. What about Job? You ever thought that? It's like, if God's so for me, but what about Job? I want to tell you something about Job. You're not in Job. You're in Jesus. <laughs> you're not in Job, you're in Jesus. And when we live with the what about Job mentality, then we find ourselves thinking, when is the whole world going to fall apart around me? But when we recognize that I'm in Jesus, then I start to believe Ephesians 1.3 that I have every spiritual blessing in Jesus. I actually lack nothing. God's not holding back from me. Here's what happens when we live in that foreboding mentality, that what about Job mentality. We start to think, okay, everything's gonna fall apart, so I have to hold on to what I have so that I can make it to where God's calling me. And the problem with that mentality is that as soon as fear enter in, enters into the picture, then both faith and creativity leave. Here's what happened over the last year. The last year in the world economy has been the greatest shift in peacetime in wealth in our whole world history. Why? Two things happened. Uncertainty came and most of us began to shrink back in fear. So we moved into a place of hold on to what I have because I don't know what's going to happen. Meanwhile, a handful of people saw the uncertainty as an opportunity and they stepped into it and you begin to see incredible wealth transfer. If we, as the people of God, 
would not shrink back in fear, but learn partnership with God, then what we'll find is that, that every time that something is happening, God is actually speaking and giving us solutions, not simply to pad our wallets, but actually to be a blessing to nations. Because real prosperity is not measured by how much you have in your bank account, it's measured by how much you can give away. And when we begin to recognize that God actually wants to bless us, it begins to change everything. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll start in verse 6. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Say a cheerful giver. So what you have to understand is that heaven actually has an economy. Like God has an economy and there's a way that things work. And so if you sow sparingly, you reap, right? And if we begin to understand the economy of God, then it begins to change the way that we relate to him. Uh, I, I like the conversation about tithing because a lot of people say, well, okay, tithing was just an old covenant principle and that's actually true. And so therefore I don't have to tithe anymore. That's actually technically true. But most people use that conversation not as permission to give more, but as permission to give less. But here's what it's saying here, that if you sow sparingly, then you're going to reap. And so when we begin to ask, how little can I give in order to get by? We've taken on a poverty mindset instead of a prosperity mindset. When we begin to say, okay, God, what are you calling me to give? Because I trust that it's all from you. It's all yours and it's all going back to you. So I don't have to try to hold on to what I have. And so for me, one of the things that you'll recognize as we do offering, we actually never want to push you to give money. We'll never talk about our needs as a church family because we don't want you to get used to us begging you for money. Instead, we're going to present you with opportunity so that you can have, the, have permission to partner with God and what he's doing. And so nobody's ever going to put it on you. Oh, you've got to give your 10%. We're going to beat you up with that. Why? Because I believe that God has a greater call in your life. That generosity is not about giving under compulsion, but it's actually giving in partnership with God. For us and our family, that means this, that 10% is the starting place. And we're just excited about the opportunity to actually increase that. And we have so that we can continue to sow more. And what we found is the more that we sow, the more that we reap. I was talking with a, a friend, uh, really like a, a spiritual father in my life. And we were talking about that idea that it's impossible to outgive God. It sounds really good. It's actually not true. You see, people say that, and then we're starting to use God as a sugar daddy. God's not your sugar daddy. He's your father in heaven. And so we don't give so that we can get, we get so that we can give. Does that make sense? And so, yeah, we know that if we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly, but the key is this. It's not, hey, do I just give it all so that I can get more back? We're not trying to play the odds with God. 
Instead, we're partnering with him and we're giving what he's calling us to give in partnership with him. Why? Because God is not after your money. He's after relationship with you. So he wants you and I to learn how to partner with him in our finances. Now, that's actually just the, the like symbolism for God's grace on our lives. So he wants us to partner with him in every single area of our lives. Our time, our talent, our treasure, all that we have becomes an opportunity to partner with God. Each of you decided what you give in your own heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and is able, this is the good part right here, and is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, say all things, things. at all times, say all times, times. having all, say all, all, that you need, you will abound in every good work. Say every good work. The point of prosperity in your life is that you would have what you need in order to abound in uh, every good work at all times. When we begin to realize that heaven has an economy, then we don't have to live by the economy that we're in. Instead, we're not living by the, the national or the global economy, but we're actually living by heaven's economy. And in heaven's economy, we have everything that we need to do what we're called to do so that we can abound in all good work at all times so that you would actually lack Nothing. It's God's heart that you would lack nothing. That does not mean that it's God's heart that all of us should be millionaires one day. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you would have everything you need for what you're called to. That you would lack nothing. It goes on. It gets even better. It says they have scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. How about that? You want a legacy that lasts forever? Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So he provides seed to the sower. It's actually what we give away. And then he provides bread out of that same grain, that same seed for us to eat. It's important that we understand the difference that we don't sow what we're supposed to eat and we don't eat what we're supposed to sow. Right, that we're not consuming what God's calling us to give and at the same time there's wisdom that I don't give what God's calling me to consume. You see, I've seen a lot of people out there that try to bless people, I've been there before, try to bless people with their generosity but it's actually self-serving. It's actually to prove a point. I want to prove a point that I could pay for you, that I can buy this food for you, I can give this thing for you. And it has nothing to do with divine partnership and it has everything to do with building self. And what God's saying is, I want divine partnership. And so I'll show you what you need to keep on to so that you can, so, so that you can have prov- the provision you need for what you're called to. And I'll show you, show you what you need to sow so that you can leave a legacy that lasts for generations. And then it goes on to say this, and we'll increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. See, one of the things that I went through for a long time was I I believed that in this poverty gospel mentality that if I had money, then almost something was wrong and I needed to look for a way to give it away. And what God's saying is, hey, it's okay. I actually want to enlarge what you have so that I can enlarge what you give. My friend that was a multimillionaire businessman that funded me for a couple of years, he could have given all of his money away. 
In fact, somebody probably has gone to him at some point with the story of the rich young ruler and said, hey, like, you just need to give it all. But the truth is, is that that money was of better use in his bank account when he could sow intentionally into the things that God was calling him to sow into, and it could actually multiply in his investments so that he could leave a legacy that would last even longer. And so it's okay, it's actually right to learn how to build wealth and multiply your finances so that the kingdom of heaven can advance. You say this, if we're going to change culture, we need for a church to have some resources in order to do it. And so I believe that God wants to lead us into divine wisdom with finances. And it says, he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. That's what I want. That the fruit of my righteousness, now we know this church that righteousness is a relational word, right? It's about my right standing relationally with God because of Jesus and he wants to increase the inheritance of my righteousness, the harvest of my righteousness, so that my righteousness would actually be contagious and be a blessing for, for quite a while, for nations, for generations, and that it would matter. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That's the point, right? That people would encounter God as their source. One of the things that happened to me years ago is where I was working, we received a pay cut. And that pay cut made me really mad. And I, I began to get mad at my bosses. And it was hard economy, tough times, so it totally made sense. And, and I never said anything, but this like resentment was building in my heart because I knew that they had the resources to not cut my pay. And I was acting like a spoiled brat, living with entitlement, thinking that their resources were my resources. Their resources were never my resources. In fact, God had entrusted to them the resources that they had because that's what they needed to do, every good work that they were called to do. He didn't entrust that to me because I had an entitled, spoiled brat mentality. And here's what compounded it. Really, the root of it was this. I was actually really mad at myself. Here's why I was mad at myself. Because I had begun to believe the lie that I was supposed to be the provider for my house. And in that lie, I had assumed weight that was never mine to carry. And so now I get a pay cut, and that means that things have to change in our house, and I'm mad. Not simply because of what they did, but because I'm feeling like a failure. And God used that opportunity to greatly shift my perspective. He said to me, Joel, they're not your provider. They're not your provider. You're not your provider. I'm your provider. And when I began to get a hold of that, it increased. Some of y'all have been waiting for me to fall off the stage for years, and I almost just did it. <laughs> but it didn't happen. <laughs> but when I began to trust that God is my provider, it opened up my heart to partner with him. So my question to you this morning, all of that is to bring you to this point to say, will you partner with God? Will you live your life in divine partnership? He wants to be your partner.
He wants to not simply be the, the Lord of your life in religious settings. And he doesn't only want to be the Lord of your finances. He wants to be the Lord of your life. He wants to be the boss, the master. He wants to be the source and the provider, the one that takes care of you and the one that you partner with. I'm into business partnership stuff. And any partner that only wants 10% is a pretty good partner. But I believe that God wants your very hearts. And he wants you to understand that you have a life worth living and a life worth stewarding for his purposes in the earth. And there's an invitation from heaven to begin to think differently, to begin to move from this beggar mentality to realize that we have everything we need in Jesus, that we begin to rely on him as our source. I believe this, this morning, that God wants to lift the false burden of responsibility off some of you. That you've just been carrying this weight like I have to provide. If that's you, would you just stand? I believe that God wants to take that weight off of you. And Lord, I just thank you that you're so good. And Lord, we just lay down that false burden of responsibility and just declare that you're good, that you are Father. I just pull that off of you in Jesus' name. Just declare over you that you will have everything you need for what you've been called to. Everything that you need. That you will overflow with every good work, that you, you have the opportunity to flow in generosity because God is good. I just say fear off of you. In fact, there's a couple more of you that need to stand. And the reason why you need to stand is because you have fear surrounding finances. And God wants to break that stronghold. And I just encourage you to say, God, I, I trust you. You may not even feel it inside, but I just want you to say, God, I trust you. I trust you with my finances. I trust that you are good. And here's what happens. Sometimes God, Lauren talked about this last week, but sometimes God moves the resource of provision from one thing to the other. And then sometimes there is a lag because God is building our faith in that lag time. But the thing is, is that our source never changes. The resource may change, but the source never changes. And I believe that God is teaching us what it looks like to, to steward what he's entrusting to us. We know this, that finances are not the pinnacle of the kingdom. They're the kindergarten of the kingdom. And that God is teaching us how to steward the, the stuff that he entrusts to us. Pete, I believe this for you, that God is fathering you right now in the place of finances and that he has a call on your life that is going to be a major blessing to nations and generations. Like there is just this grace on your life that it is going, you're going to see resources just poured out in your life. And it's, it's much of it is actually the inheritance that you received from your earthly father, Jay just a man that just abounded in every good work. And God sees you and he's with you and he's blessing your mind. He's giving you divine wisdom and strategy.
And so Lord, I just thank you for Pete. I just bless you. Bless you, Pete. Oh, God loves you. You're his favorite. He's crazy about you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Lewis, you're awesome, man. You're incredible. And God is just freeing you up. And he's gonna move you soon into the place that fits what he's called and qualified you for. And he's showing your family what it looks like to prosper like crazy. And you guys, both of you, Lewis and Shatay, you're already a blessing, but God is just, he's just pouring out blessing on you. And it's felt like when, th- when anything could go wrong, it has. But he's beginning to put things in order so that you're so blessed that you can't be unblessed. That you could do the wrong things and be blessed. It's actually your blessing has nothing to do with what you do because you're just so blessed in Jesus' name. And that's true for us, that when we're God's kids, it's actually not about our performance, but we actually get to partner with him in incredible blessing. And, and, he, and he blesses us not because of what we do, getting it right, but he blesses us because we're his kids in everything. You can't sin so bad that his grace is not sufficient for you. In the same way, you may have made really bad financial decisions in the past, And God still hasn't disqualified you from his blessing because his blessing was never a reward. It was always a blessing. So God, I just thank you that you are really, really good. Dave, there's a calling of incredible generosity on your life. And God's gonna just let you have fun with him in generosity. And, and I, I don't know if you do any day trading, but he's, I, th- I feel like he's gonna show you some stuff, maybe even around like cryptocurrency stuff in order to just have fun with him making money so that you can just give it away and just have a blast with God. Does that sound like fun? So God, I just bless Dave. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that your hand is on him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm not very prophetic because I just forgot your name. Jan, I know you, Jan. I love you, Jan. You're awesome. I just feel like God wants you to know that he's your partner. And you've just been feeling alone but you're not an orphan, you know that. You know that in every other place but finances. And he wants to show you in finances that he is both your father and your husband. And he's taking good care of you. And he wants to bless you like crazy. And you're not gonna have to scramble to make it happen. He's just gonna lead you into green pastures where your soul will be at rest. 
fact. It's in here somewhere. Where to go? Y'all hang in there. We go. And I just declare, would you just partner with me for a second? I declare over Jan that she is now a magnet for resources. And Lord, I thank you that we're, she's felt like she's been on her own and just had to, to make it happen and scrounge and felt like she's been repelling resources. God, I just declare over her that that shifts today and that she's a magnet for resources. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And for Steve, I love Steve. Steve is a father to me. And Steve has such a huge call on his life. If you've sat under his teaching, you recognize this, that when he teaches that it shatters strongholds because people are able to get a hold of the goodness of God. And I just believe this for Steve, that you're entering into a new season with resources, that you're going to have more than enough for everything that God has called you to. And there is a big call on your life and on your ministry. And I believe that you're entering into a season of increase in the name of Jesus. So Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that what you're doing in Steve, Lord, we just declare that Steve is a resource for the nations. Lord, that he carries you. He carries revelation that sets people free, revelation that the nations need. And so Lord, we pray for every bit of provision to get that resource out to the nations in Jesus' name, amen. And would you stand with me? I just believe this church, that God is, is shifting the way that we think about him so that we can learn what it looks like to partner with him. This morning, I believe that God is here and it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with him and his goodness. So if you, if you have need, maybe you are standing and you're just in a place where you need breakthrough in your finances, I wanna encourage you to come on up and get prayer from our ministry team. Maybe you need healing in your body. We've been seeing God just healing people miraculously and I believe that there is breakthrough for that. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never trusted your life to Jesus. In fact, I think there are some of you that would say, you would have said for a long time, I'm a Christian, but you never really laid your whole life down to Him. And today is the day to do that because I believe that God wants to partner with you for His purposes in the earth. He wants to pour out His blessing on you. In Jesus' name, amen. So ministry team, come forward if you'd like to receive some ministry. These, these folks would love to pray with you.